welcome to Dental Brain Crops. I'm your host, Chelsea Myers, and today I'm joined with Laura Brenner, who is a career coach for dental professionals. Welcome to the show, Laura. Hey, Chelsea. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. So we were just having a little bit of conversation before the show began, and I'm super excited to share some of the things that we talked about. But tell me, if you would, for our listeners' benefit, just a little background on who you are. Yes. So I am a recovering dentist, I call myself, which is <laughs> okay. like, I thought it was a super creative way of saying it, but it's really not. <laughs> a lot okay, of people okay. are recovering something, right? Oh, no. yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I practiced dentistry for 10 years. And to be really frank, I hated it the whole time. Okay. Um, it was about, I mean, not the whole time. I liked dental school. And at the beginning, it was not so bad. I I, I was excited about it. There were a lot of aspects to it that were really fun. Um, mm -hmm. But about three years in, I became really unhappy and really burnt out. Um, it was in 2004. No one was talking about burnout at all, really, yeah. in 2004 mm -hmm. um, in any industry, right? And so I didn't know what was going on. And I just thought I hated it. So I um, looked for some different options that I could transition into. And I just every year kept convincing myself to stay. So starting in year three, then I lasted about seven more years and then finally left practicing uh, dentistry. And I left dentistry completely. I went into weight loss coaching and okay. then several years later came back and came back into dentistry because I was blogging all this time, blogging about mm -hmm. my journey into and out of dentistry. So I stayed connected. And about six years after quitting, I came back into the profession as a coach to help other dentists sort through a lot of the stuff that I went through. Very cool. Very interesting too. So tell me, um, you said you didn't actually realize that burnout was happening. It just kind of happened. What, looking back, were some of those signs and symptoms? Because I know a lot of people do struggle with that. Yes. So what's interesting is in 2020, January of 2020, I was doing mm -hmm. a... Uh, speaking event at a conference, the the annual conference here in Denver, and I was doing it on burnout. So I was like, okay, I'm going to research burnout. And I was looking at this checklist of what are all the signs and symptoms of burnout. And I was like, okay, check. This is me. <laughs> yes. Like everything. I was like, oh my gosh, this is everything that I was experiencing. Mm -hmm. And so I think the most, you know, there's, there's some basic signs and symptoms, like you, you get irritable, um, you don't have a lot of patience. You get annoyed with people. It's hard to get your day started. You feel sluggish. But there mm -hmm. are two that stood out to me as the most important ones that if you are experiencing these, you really need to watch out for it. One is they often call it compassion fatigue. Okay. So for me, the way I would describe that is I lost empathy for my patients. They became burdens to me. They became annoying. Like they're showing up and taking care of them no longer felt like I was doing something good in the world. It really just felt like, oh, this is another thing that I have to add the weight on my shoulders, right? That I'm just carrying that's weighing me down. Yeah. So they really became burdens. So that's the one that I think is, you know, it's talked about a lot in medicine. And, and so, you know, in medicine and dentistry, we have so much crossover. So that, that's the really big one I think to look out for is when you start to maybe even seeing your patients as your enemies in a way. 
um, which is kind of a crazy one Mm because we got into this to take care of people, right? Right. And now they're the trigger for something that just seems to perpetuate itself day after day. Yeah. Exactly. So that's the one. And then the second one that really impacted me and I think is, is a really important thing to look out for is when you stop acknowledging or celebrating your accomplishments. So if you've worked, if you, let's say you've had this amazing case that you did, you really helped someone so much and it came out beautifully. And at the end of it, you're so fried. You can't even appreciate that you did a good job. You're so, you're so busy worry, worrying about what's going to go wrong and, and mm-hmm. you know, where it's going to come back to bite you. And, you know, so you're so worried, you're so fried and burned out that you can't even enjoy this accomplishment. And you can't even know that you've helped someone because you're too busy focused on all of the, all of the pressures and all of the stress that you're experiencing. So you kind of lose, you, you lose out, you lose that energy to give. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. like, like mm-hmm. you just don't have, you're just depleted. So those I think are the two most important signs to look for in burnout. And, and it's interesting too, because I didn't know I was burned out. Like I said, nobody was talking about it. So to look back, I was like, Oh, maybe this is what was going on. And amazing yeah. to get through to never know. That is super interesting. So let's say that you're, you are still a practicing dentist and you recognize like you're listening to this right now going, yes. And yes, that's me. The awareness is great, but there's gotta be some sort of tactical strategies and tools to work through these types of things. What, let's just kind of hit both of them. If you're having that compassion fatigue, what would your suggestion be? Right. So, okay. So this is where I think it gets really interesting because let me just take a step back for a second, because I think we have to really, just like in dentistry, we're diagnosing things. I think we have to diagnose, am I burned out or do I hate my work? Right now you, I know, love what you do and I love what I do and I burn myself out sometimes. (laughs) Now, if you're like the the amazing coach of the year, you probably never get burnt out like I do. Oh, that's not true. We all do. We all do. But hey, that keeps us connected, right? Totally. Yeah, that's true. It keeps us connected. I love that. So um, (laughs) that's so funny. So yeah. So so it's like, I know what it's like to love my work and to burn myself out because I'm just pushing myself too hard and I'm not taking breaks. And I sometimes think in dentistry that we confuse being burnt out and not liking our work, not liking our livelihood. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. if you don't like what you do, you're going to get burned out more quickly. Mm-hmm. But if we can get really real about what's going on, then if we can get real about it, then we know it's like we've got the diagnosis. We can create the treatment plan. See, I'm getting to where you were, what you were asking me. Yeah. So think really thinking about that, like, am I burnt out? So for me... When I'm burnt out with the work that I love, if I take breaks and if I, you know, go on vacation and if I make sure I'm not working all day Saturday and Sunday, hello, entrepreneurs, you know what that's like, right? (laughs) It helps me, you know, like that is what helps me. Then 
go back and feel refreshed again. Like I have enough to give and I, and I don't mind sitting and doing those things that if I don't take that time for myself, those things get to be really burdensome. Right. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that I think, so to answer that question is like, if you're truly burned out, yeah. Like I call it the low hanging fruit, start with self-care, right? Things like taking enough time for yourself, exercising, eating healthy, making sure you get enough sleep. And because most people, if they're not even doing that basic level of Mm self-care, when they do that, they'll start to feel better. Yes. Yes. I actually wrote that down as you were talking. I wrote Uh self-care because I think what we do is we, you know, high performers, we just run ourselves straight through the wall because we're, we know what we're doing. We're good at what we're doing. There's like eight steps to it. And so we just keep going and forget that in order to keep that pace, we've got to have, you know, interval training. We've got to have breaks. We've got to take care of ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. And so what, I, I'm finding personally, it's really interesting because like thinking and talking about burnout for the last couple of years and then actually burning myself out in this work that I love, I'm like, oh yeah, that stuff really works. It totally mm-hmm. works. Right. But then if you get to the people who are, let's say you're practicing dentistry or doing something else and you're so burnt out and you're already doing those things and they don't work, right? Like it feels great while you're in yoga, but the minute you leave, you're burnt out and practicing <laughs> like it, right? Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. Your whole life comes crashing in again. Then it's like, okay, I think about what's the next level. And, and the next level is working on the way you perceive the events around you. And so often I'm finding that people who get burnt out really easily are um, people who get burnt out really easily are people pleasers. They're okay. perfectionists. They mm-hmm. want everyone else to be happy. They feel like they need to be the hero. They're, they're carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders. Mm-hmm. And, and so they're doing that because they care, but they're also putting this expectation on themselves that they have to be they have to be the the hero in everything. They have to make sure that when their patients come in, that every request they have gets honored. And that if they do work on them, that they make sure that they're always happy and they cover it. And it just, it just quickly leads to that. So some of the stuff that I think that if we could work on looking at those expectations differently and drawing boundaries, then mm-hmm. it's like drawing boundaries to protect yourself from other people. And it's drawing boundaries to protect yourself from this brain in your head that's creating all this pressure for yourself that other dentists who understand the limitations, the natural limitations of a human being, they're not getting as burnt out. Or if they are, they're taking breaks because they're not putting these unrealistic expectations on themselves. Yeah, yeah. I think it was Alan Watts that said, um, stop shooting on people. And we have to stop doing that with ourselves too. I should be this. I shouldn't be that. I should be doing this. I should be hitting these marks and these metrics and these KPIs. And it's like, you know, you can only do so much in one run. (laughs) And, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned two things. You said people pleasing and perfectionism. And I really think there's a lot of overlap there because, um, part of a perfectionistic viewpoint is that, um, everybody should, there's that word again, be looking at and viewing me in a certain way. And if they're not, then it's my fault and I need to fix it. 
And the reality is we can't actually control what other people think ever. Uh, we just, it's a facade. We think we can and we think we do. But um, talk a little bit about self-perception as it relates to failure. Because there are going to be times when you don't nail the case. There are going to be times when you upset people or things don't go right. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think that's really, that's an interesting uh, way of putting it, this self-perception with failure, right? Because we think that when we fail, it's the end of the world, yeah. right? And and like you just mentioned, other people shitting on us. It's like, that's what we're mostly worried about, right? And mm -hmm. I think usually, and I, I'd be curious to know your thoughts on this, Chelsea, is like, if we are judging ourselves really um, I feel like we're really hard at, and we judge ourselves a lot. We're probably judging everything a lot. And I, like, yeah, yeah. What do you think? <laughs> totally agree. I, I think that the way we do one thing is the way we do a lot of things. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And if we worry that other people are judging us, then we're probably judging other people really harshly too, as well as ourselves. So a lot of times if what we perceive as failure might be embarrassing or, or a judgment, other people just don't even notice because they're too busy either judging themselves or paying attention to themselves. Now, obviously, if like you fail on, this is where dentistry gets really challenging because if you have a failure, I mean, we're talking a failure, like things can go wrong and it's not a failure. But if we have a failure in dentistry, there's usually a consequence for another person. And that's why it's so painful for us because we mm -hmm. genuinely care. Um, but, you know, in the in the whole entrepreneur world, failure is like a magic word, right? It's like, <laughs> like everyone, you should, you have to fail before you can succeed, right? So right. if we could just reframe that and keep doing that, then imagine the sky's the limit. Right, right. I try really hard to think, you know, this is the perfect opportunity for for some reason, because if I'm really experiencing some discomfort as a, you know, related to a failure or a misstep, I feel like I've found the perimeter of my ability to accept myself in those types of situations. And that's where my work needs to start. Um, so, you know, whether it's something clinical, you're seating the crown for the third time and you're like, I just can't please this patient, or I just can't seem to fix, you know, do this case correctly, or it's just something at home or in your personal life. Um, there's got to be room for that error. And I really think there's two parts to it. I think there's the, the aspect of, um, you know, judging yourself or thinking, you know, how you are thinking about the situation. And then there's also how you think other people are thinking about the situation. And like you said, they're probably not, but if they are, that's really, that's their business, right? Right. Well, that makes, that reminds me of the quote that I, I, it's such a great quote. It's, it's what other people think about you is none of your business. Right. And have you heard, that? I, you heard that? Right? I have. And yeah. the first time I did, I was like, wait a minute. No, because I want them to think this, that, and the other thing, or they shouldn't mm -hmm. be thinking that, but it actually has no impact on me. And I think like 90% of the time, we don't really know what other people are thinking anyways, even what they choose to tell us is probably a portion of what they're thinking. <laughs> and so um, where we have the the most creative power is with our own thoughts and what we choose to dwell on and focus on. Totally. 
Okay. So let's talk about, um, I know you do a lot of career coaching now, so let's talk about that journey a little bit. I come to you and I'm like, Hey, Laura, I'm, I know that I'm burned out. Um, I don't know what to do next. And I'm basically spinning on a whole bunch of thoughts that I just really wish I could say Shh, once in a while. And they just keep coming. Okay. love that. And, and, and what, is keeps popping into my head is what I said a couple minutes ago is this idea of we have to get the diagnosis right. Right. So people who come to me and they're like, I'm burnt out. I love what I do. I'm burnt out. This X, Y, and Z is not going well for me. And I want to sort it out and fix it. Great. Mm -hmm. But if people come to me and they're like, I hate everything about dentistry but they're calling it burnout. They're it's like the wrong diagnosis. So okay. to try to work through burnout by changing your mindset. And it's like, we got to get the, this is, this is my own kooky. I've got all these like kooky, crazy, um, uh, like perspectives on, on this stuff, yeah. because I think a lot of people aren't willing to admit if they don't like the work, you know, anyone who's okay, ever had a career change, is really willing to admit that. Um, mm -hmm. But it's like, so often we're calling it burnout when you're, when you're like, there's no hope. So if someone is coming to me and they're like, yeah, I really hate dentistry. I need to quit, but I want to see if I can make it work. Yes. Try to make it work. Try all those things we said, try improving your mindset, try taking care of yourself, try designing your career, how you want it. So maybe you're mm -hmm. only working a certain number of days, but if that's not working, then that's a sign that maybe you're in the wrong career. So that's what I really walk people through. It's like getting, helping them really get real about what is going on for them so that they can find the right solutions, the right treatment plans. So it might that be, yeah, it might be staying in dentistry um, full time and working through it and, and, and just figuring out what you need. Mm -hmm. And it might be saying, I'm going to work two days a week because that's the beauty of dentistry, right? I mean, what other career can you work two days a week and make a living? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. it's so cool. And then, and maybe it's, I need to leave clinical and go into a non-clinical career. Um, there's so many possibilities that we just, we get tunnel vision and we, we railroad ourselves into having zero options. Um, so I love help, helping people see that really you can design whatever you want your life to look like. Mm -hmm. No one's stopping you except for yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And that those are really big decisions to change from what you're doing to anything else. And so what would be like a tactical, um, you know, a tactical tool somebody could use listening right now if they're like, you know, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know if I want to stay or change or leave. How do they clear some of that muddy water? Yeah, that's, that's a great point too. It is a huge decision to make, right? Like I don't, we don't take it lightly. And so, you know, as far as in the moment, like immediate tactics, I would say really, really do a gut check, really sit down, reflect, like what is it that's really going on? Because once you get the awareness, then you can do something with it. Mm -hmm. um, but beyond that, like as far as real strategy for making a change. This is why I love um, talking about starting side gigs because that's the safe way of doing it because 
you don't have to give up everything you've already invested in your career. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get burnt out or if you don't like what you do, people are like, oh, you should take more CE and do more of the procedures you like, <laughs> or, oh, you should buy a practice, right? It's like more, more, more. And mm-hmm. so I don't ever, I don't understand if we're burnt out by doing the same thing over and over that we don't really love, why would we want to invest more in that thing right. that's burning us out, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, start a side gig. And Sometimes it's easy and sometimes it takes a lot of reflection and and figuring out what you want to do as a side gig. It could be a job. It could be entrepreneurial. Um, But it's the safe way of creating enough variety in your life. Everybody I know who's ever been burnt out, who loves, who, who even thought they hated it at one point, they start a side gig and it's making them happier in practice. Like they're still practicing. And because they have a side gig, they're having more fun in practice. It's okay. amazing. So, so I feel me, like, what would that be? Like, what if I'm just like, I'm burned out. I don't know what I want to do. And I also have no idea what I would do as a side gig, but I hear right. you talking yes. about side gig and it, that seems safer to me because I can stay doing what I'm doing, which is <laughs> paying my bills right now. Right. And it's what I know how to do. And so talk to me about how do I discover that? Totally. Um, well, it takes a lot of soul searching, right? Okay. It's not. And, and I think that's what discourages people is that they they think, well, okay, there's this dynamic that's happened. You've invested everything into dentistry, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you've been here for two, 10 or 30 years, your whole identity is wrapped up in this and we stop listening to ourselves. We don't even mm-hmm. know what we like anymore. We don't even believe we have other skills, mm-hmm. you know? So it's it's like, we don't, we don't realize that so much of what we do in dentistry actually involves other skills. <laughs> you know, we, we can't even see it. Yeah. So it's really so important to get in touch with that. It's like one, working on the, the mindset and the belief system that there's only one way to do dentistry and that's for it to be, you're going to be a lifer. It's your career right. for life, right? Right. Um, there's so many beliefs. People are not going to, we talked about failure earlier. Um, people are worried that people will think they're failures or that they will feel like failures themselves, or they're worried that they'll have to start over and, and not be the expert anymore. All these things are really valid, but these beliefs really hold us back. Okay. So it's like, once you work through the beliefs, then you also want to really explore like, what's important to you? What do you like? What do you want your life to look like? And what kind of work do you enjoy? Um, you know, like to really specifically answer your question, it's like you could go and invest in real estate and 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 pick something right away that you could do on the side. You could work for a dental insurance company one day a week, you know, trying to think of some sort of, ex, you know, different examples here. Um, you know, we've got a guy who he loved personal training. He went and became a personal trainer on the weekends. And and as the months went by and he got more classes, he started dropping down a week at his practice Cool. and then was able to put it on the market. So it really, people are always like, what are jobs? Like, what are jobs dentists can do as side gigs? It can be anything. There's actually a clown. I, I don't remember where they're based. There's a Cirque du Soleil clown who was okay. a dentist. Wow. Isn't wow. that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. So the belief that 
it's got to be dentistry, like traditional, or some sort of extension of the dental industry is what's holding people back. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's this belief that um, I use the analogy a lot of like, it's like a relationship. It's like, <laughs> I, I got married and I can't get a separation or a divorce or right. It's like, I yeah. chose this and people are worried about their return on investment. They don't want to have invested so much in it. And then, and then walk away there, you know, there's so many beliefs about it that if we just chip away at them one by one, we realize, like we said earlier, no one cares what you do. Mm-hmm. They're going to, if you are confident about what you change to the people around you are going to support you. They might give you a little, a little bit of a, a hassle, a little bit of a hazing at the beginning, but it's because they think they're helping you. Yeah. And even if they don't support you, let's say they don't, what is it costing you to continue doing something that you know is not working for you? You don't have to know what the next right thing is yet. If you know what you're doing is not working, I think that's really important to pay attention to. Exactly. Absolutely. It's like, do you want to wake up at 65 years old? And I say 65 um, I said this to a group of non-dentists one time and they were offended because they were like, 65 isn't old. I'm <laughs> using 65, not as old, but as a retirement age for dentists, yeah, right? Yeah, right. So if you're waking up at 65 and you're still going into the dental office and, and the alarm clock goes off and you sit on the edge of your bed and you struggle to stand up because you're thinking, have I done this? Do I have to go do this? yet another day of my life. Like mm-hmm. imagine your whole life passing you by and getting to the end of your career and asking yourself, am I still doing this every day? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what will you feel like? Right. Right. And you know, one thing that can really make that a little bit more bearable is if you have someone who has somewhat of a blueprint or a roadmap for you. They may not know exactly what it's going to be like for you, but if they can mentor you or coach you through that process, like, Hey, okay, here's some things we need to think about and decisions that need to be made. And then what I find is that when you make those next steps with each step, there's clarity on the next level of um, inquiry and analysis that needs to be done to figure out that new path. But of course you're not going to figure it out from your vantage point. If you already knew you'd be there. Right. Yeah. And it's funny because I, I joke with people cause I'm like, well, this is what I do. I help people make decisions Yeah, and it seems so simple, right? <laughs> like, like well, we're doing really hard work, make decisions, but when you're in it, when it's yourself, mm-hmm. it's hard to see clearly. So like you're saying, working with someone helps you get that clarity and, and also every step you take builds more confidence. Right. Right? right. So it's like you get more clarity and more confidence every step of the way. Yes. And so I do think approaching something like that, you would need to go back to what we were talking about earlier, some sort of um, tolerance for failure or open mindedness for things not going the way that you think they're going to go. Because the reality is, is a brand new path for you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You've got to get comfortable and either tolerance for failure, right? Just, and, and a reframe for it too. Right. Right. Yeah. If I'm going to start a blog like you did, I might, 
you know, one person might read it that month. Maybe nobody mm. likes my post and that's got to be okay because I'm not doing it for the likes or for the Im immediate, you know, social acceptance of it. I'm doing it because I'm creating a new path. And so really, I think we need to get specific on what is success? How am I going to be successful as I take this next step? What will that look like for me? Rather than looking externally to decide, have I been successful? We'll know automatically because we've already decided success is if I write four blog posts a month, one each week. And, and then it doesn't really matter what else happens outside of that, if that's my definition. But I think um, having the, uh, taking the time and having the, um, having the priority that if I create my experiences, part of that is defining in advance what they need to entail. I think that really helps a lot, especially if you're trying to avoid burnout and overwhelm. Mm, that is such a great point. I know I had to, even after I left dentistry, I had, because it's still, it's, it is like getting a divorce. So you still grieve it after the fact. Mm -hmm. And, um, I had to really redefine what success meant for me because yeah. my old definitions of success were what were keeping me stuck, okay. but also making me feel bad about myself. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think that's, that is another, and, and your point about like starting a blog and being okay, that's exactly what happened to me was starting a blog. No one read it, but I knew that I just needed, I didn't know what else to do. So I was like, I just need to be creative. And yeah. that process, like you're saying of, pouring yourself into something on your terms, using your own parameters, that's what's going to open doors for you. And you're going to begin to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. So what would you say today your definition of success is for your own? Ooh, yes. Doing? So, so it used to be, honestly, it was money. It was okay. like the more money yeah. you make. I think it's that for a lot of people. And that's absolutely mm -hmm. right. Um, so it was like money and respect. And now it's, um, I, I want to feel like I help other people while I'm supporting myself. So we talked about early, it, it does tie back to this people pleasing and the perfectionism and, and, and take, putting everyone else first. It's like dentistry showed me that okay, it's, if you help people, you can logically know how much you're impacting people's lives, but you have to feel it. Yeah. Yourself, you have to feel it in your heart. You can't just logically convince yourself because dentistry is amazing. Like <laughs> it's life changing for people. And, and that's something I like to be clear is I'm really open about hating doing the work, but that I, it's still the most amazing profession. It's such a, I wish I loved it. Right. It's a great field. And, <laughs> and like, there's yeah. so many great reasons why people should still do it if yeah. they like it, if it's right. Um, so success for me really, because of that experience is it has to be that I'm filling my own bucket while I'm mm -hmm. helping someone else. Um, so yeah, I think that's kind of the primary thing is like, how can I impact other people in a way that, that I impact myself? Doesn't make that. Yeah. And it doesn't make us like, if we want to include, I also think, and, and maybe I'm going to say something that's not a true stereotype, but I think for a lot of women too, like we grow up thinking that we have to put everyone else first. Oh, and by the way, okay. I talked to a lot of men that do this in dentistry. They want to put everyone first. Yeah. That if we ever include ourselves in the equation, 
so that instead of putting someone else first at your own expense, you make it a win-win. I think as women, a lot of times we're, we're made to still feel like we're being selfish. That's just it. That was what was running through my mind. I was having a conversation recently with someone and he said, so how do you distinguish between selfishness and self-care? And I had to take a lot of, you know, I took a step back and I had to think about that because what I would personally at this stage in my life consider just self-care and necessary and even appropriate, um, somebody else might look at that and be like, you know, you could be highly productive in a lot of other ways or doing a lot of things for a lot of other people during however many hours you're self-caring each week. So how do you answer that? How do you, you know, obviously you mentioned gut check, but how do you, is there some sort of like formula or recipe, like things that definitely would fall into the self-care versus selfish or what do you think? Oh, it's a constant, I, I'm constantly working on it because something happened to me in my, in my, um, <laughs> growing up, you know, process where I was like, oh, I have to put everyone else first, you know, or at least I have to have the perception of that. So it's always checking in and, and note and noticing, like, if I feel backed into a corner with certain things, it's like, wait a minute, am I putting myself here? Because I think I need to put them first. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also the reminder that like, there's a, there's a win-win where I can help you and I can win at the same time. It, I don't have to sacrifice myself in order for it to be a worthy win on your part, you know, a worthy, right. generous give, you know? So, um, yeah, it's a practice that I do a lot where it's really, um, just, just, watching my patterns and noticing when I get triggered by an event with someone or something that happens and, and really trying to then take a step back and getting that awareness and go, okay, what's really going on here? Remember, mm -hmm. you don't have to always sacrifice yourself to take care of the other person. It's like the oxygen mask when you're on the airplane, you, totally. they tell you to put it on yourself first. And most people wouldn't want you to. I know I don't want to be anybody's excuse. I don't want to be my kid's excuse or my mom's excuse or my husband's excuse. I don't, I don't want that. And I don't think anybody wants to be our excuse for not taking care of ourselves. And it's not sustainable. It's really not. It's, um, I think it's just the perfect, the perfect path to burnout, <laughs> actually, if you're constantly putting other people first. I like listening to um, Pioneers of Thought Leadership and Neville Goddard talks about no matter what we're doing, we're still there, there could still be a selfish component involved because if my desire is to please Laura first or take care of her first, I'm still satisfying my desire to take care of Laura first, no matter what the reasons are. And so you have to get really honest with yourself about why am I doing this versus taking care of me and just recognize it's not that the thing you're choosing to do is wrong or bad or that you need to change it, but recognize that there is still a component of you pleasing you and what you want to do is please her. Is that? Oh my gosh. Can I add something to that? Yeah, that. totally. Uh -huh. So um, it, when you're like, if you're in the dental practice and you're, you're people pleasing, you're ple trying to please your patients, you're trying to please your team, you know, you're trying to make everything great for everyone else look at what is your intention behind that? Because normally many times the intention, if you're going way overboard with that all the time, with so much pressure, the intention is you're wanting to be liked. Right. Right. And that's actually selfish. I want people <laughs> to like me. 
Right. And everybody wants to be liked. I want to be liked. Um, But yeah, but if you go do the series of five whys, you know, like, but why do I want to be liked? What am I, you know, what am I hoping to accomplish with that? But why? But why? I find that really, really useful. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because it helps you then reframe it. Right. So maybe I don't have to do all the things that I think I have to do that are burning me out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For sure. Well, I love this. Okay. So I'm, I'm a doctor and I'm thinking that there could be some self-discovery that I need some help figuring things out. I'm not sure if I want to leave my job or start a side gig or whatever. How would I reach out to you? Yes. So, um, my website, is that what you're wanting? My, my, sure. or however you okay. want people to reach out. To yeah. You yeah. So my website is Lola bees, L O L A B E S like bumblebees. Okay. So fun. Cool. Lola bees, career coaching.com. Um, everything's Lola bees. It's a long story how that happened to, <laughs> um, but you know, there's lots of good, weird names in the world. So I own it. I like um, it. so Lola bees, career coaching.com on Instagram. It's Dr. Dr. Lola Bees. Okay. So just Dr. Lola Bees. And then I have a, uh, this might be the easiest way to find me is I, on Facebook, I have a private group called Dentist Side Gigs. Okay. And okay. Um, it's a great place to I'm gonna check it out too. Yeah. Come join. Um, it's a great place to really start having these conversations and, and, and learning that there's no one size fits all approach to dentistry. Mm -hmm. I love that perspective on it. I really do. I think that might be one of the most valuable things we can offer our listeners today is just to know that it doesn't have to be anything. It it can be whatever you want it to be. And even if you don't have any idea of what those options are, there's, um, there are people out there who can help you figure it out so that it can be something you want it to be. So I love that. Is there anything else that I haven't asked you or that you want to share today? Oh my gosh. No, I'm just excited to be here and have this conversation with you. And um, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, thanks for being here. I appreciate you joining me for today's episode. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit dentallife.coach for access to additional coaching tools, as well as more episodes to help you create the dental life you truly desire.